Hey guys, you're listening to Tea Time with Tay, a podcast series where I sit down, like I have a choice, brew some tea, and then spill it. Let's start the show. This episode of Tea Time with Tay is brought to you by my company, Cup of Tay Luxury Loose Leaf Teas. Cup of Tay is a loose leaf tea company that gives back to mental health awareness causes and also delivers you the most amazing organic loose leaf teas on the market. It's my guarantee. We have the cutest packaging, very modern, and looks amazing in everyone's kitchen, office, or makes for a very great gift. To check out Cup of Tay, head to www.cupoftay.com or look for the link in our description, and it's at Cup of Tay Shop on Instagram. But enough about that and let's get right into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Tay your lovely podcast that you listen to obviously every single Thursday. Today, I have an incredible, incredible guest, Katie Zephyri. Katie, say hi. Hi, how are you, Taylor? I am so good. Like beyond just being an incredible guest, we're actually friends too at this point. So it's kind of like a double special whammy. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for agreeing and taking the time to be on. So just a quick little intro for people who might, a little a little overview because, you know, there's so much that makes up Katie, but Katie is a social entrepreneur, author, blogger, and motivational speaker across North America. And I'm so excited to dive into just everything about you, making sure that people know who you are, what you're doing, and all of the incredible things. And so the first thing I wanted to kind of just jump into is the fact that when I was doing more background research on you, I had no idea that at one point you did a TED Talk. Yes, I know. Was, yeah, it was called um, Dear High School, right? Dear High School Me, yeah. That was 2012, and it was a world talent search that I found out about what? the day that the applications were due. So, um, yeah, I was like me being me. I'm like, I'm going to whip something together. Why not? And um, I had been working on a book under the same name, Dear High School Me at that time. And I had like a couple passages and that sort of written that I felt good about. So I basically like printed them in large font and I grabbed my brother and I was like, look, <laughs> I need you to film this for me. So we just stepped in the backyard and like he was rushing out the door he had somewhere to be so I didn't have a lot of time but I basically like taped these two sheets to his chest and told him to hold the camera and I had like one take to get it right so I just did that and honestly like when I show my mom afterwards like the video quality wasn't the best it, it wasn't the best presentation she was like you should not send that but I did <laughs> and I um, yeah I ended up being connected so they 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 flew me out to Vancouver, and um, and that was probably one of the scariest public speaking experiences I've ever done. But it's been one that has, like, given me so many opportunities um, because of that experience. I was gonna say that um, I just recently rewatched it, and you looked so you wouldn't have known that the audition tape to get there was a little bit of a backyard like hodgepodge put together. But sometimes the best things start that way don't you agree 
I 100% agree. And like literally before I got on that stage, I ran to the bathroom. I was like, here, hold my mic back. <laughs> um, I gotta go. But um, what a what a cool experience. And um, yeah, it, it just was such an honor. And previous to that, what was your experience with motivational speaking? Was that like the catalyst or had you had a bit of practice and experience before then? You know what? Speaking, I feel like is the gift that I realized I had at a very young age. And it started with like drama and, you know, being cast as the lead in plays like, hello, (laughs) Annie in grade four. (laughs) Oh my God, I live for that. So I was doing like the singing and the musicals and all that sort of stuff. And I just, I loved it. Like I loved performing. I loved being on stage. And then, you know, anytime there was like a speech to be done in class, like I always went like way over the top. (laughs) So like, I remember my grade four speech was about chiropractic care. And like, it was like little nine-year-old Katie. Like I had this whole memorized speech on chiropractic care with like a spine. It was unbelievable. So it's just kind of been something that's been ingrained in you for, you just, I always say like, you know, I kind of feel the same way too, where there's so many people who say when they're in school, they're so scared to speak. And I was always that kid where I'm like, I shoot my hand up. I'm like, please hear me or doing me morning announcements. So I totally relate to that on so many levels. Did you okay. like ever go to school for media? Because that seems like... Yeah, I was going to say, thank you. Jen. Shout out though to you too for being a voice, voice announcement at school. That was me too. Like we're yes. on this playing field here. <laughs> I know. It gives me hope that maybe one day, universe, if you're listening, I would love to do a TED talk one day. It's oh. on my vision board and it, but it's so, it's such an intimidating thing. Like, because when you hear it is so widely respected, right? And like you said, you, after doing it, it led to so many opportunities. And so it's always been on my, recently been on my dream board, and, but I'm just looking at it. I should be more positive, but it's intimidating. Taylor, it's going to happen for you. Like your story since day one, when I very first like heard about you, heard your story, I was like completely blown away. But not just that, the way that you tell your story, the the advice, the wisdom, um, just who you are. Like you're such an uplifting person that I, I just think you have so much to share with this world. So I'm, I'm saying it here. TED Talks in your future. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. I, I got to get back to how we met, but just, just to um, touch a bit more on the TED Talk for someone who hasn't seen it yet. And obviously I'll have all the links to everything in the description below, but can you give us a little bit of an overview of like what you talked about um, in Dear High School Me? Yeah. And I think, you know what, it ties really well to kind of a continuation of, you know, you're like, where did this speaking thing come from? So on the one hand, as I mentioned, I felt like I had a gift for performing and for speaking at a young age, but honestly, speaking was my like saving grace during Mm -hmm. a very difficult time in my life, which was high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I went to a very clicky high school. It was right out of Mean Girls. And, um, yeah. you know, even though I was a very sort of involved and student who was like to be involved in clubs and committees and sport teams and doing all this sort of stuff, like socially, it was extremely difficult for me. And I don't know if people knew that um, on the surface, or maybe they'd see me and they'd just be like, oh, no, like everything's good. But um, truthfully, like I struggled with with 
fitting in and I struggled with like finding my people and I struggled with all of those things. And not only that, I also noticed that it wasn't just me who was having a hard time. There were people who were having it way worse around me. Mm -hmm. And I always felt my heart always went out to the kids who like were made to feel different. Or like, I remember just the segregation over like the special needs classes and the way that people would treat them and what they would say to them and how they would mock them. And it just hurt so much to witness. So the way that I found my sort of way out of high school. So like in grade 11, I I was very honored and privileged to have like my, my principal was a great mentor to me. I had many teachers who were mentors to me, but essentially I created like in, with help from my principal, a co-op program in grade 11, where I actually went back to my elementary school and taught younger students about bullying and leadership. And it's so... Yeah, it's like that was where I actually got to say, oh my goodness, like here I am in grade 11. I'm able to go out and teach younger kids. Like obviously I have something of value to share here that, you know, not only did I, sh- I, I deliver these programs verbally, but I actually wrote all of them down and created a teacher resource manual that my school board published. And that was all within like my grade 11 year. And so I that- <laughs> Oh my God, you have done it. I have, I've been really so impressed by you, by all the other things that you do, but in grade, you did that in grade 11. I did. And like, I kid wow. you, Taylor, it's like, and I'm so grateful for that, but it's like, if I didn't have those focuses and projects to work on, yeah. I would have been in a very low, like mental place because <laughs> if, if I judged my worth based on how I was socially, like I would feel like crap, you know? Um, but if I judge my worth based on like, Hey, you know what? That's okay. If I'm not the most popular person at school or, you know, not everybody likes me or gets me or whatever it is, I'm going to channel this energy and this passion that I feel for, for speaking out for what's right in the world and for helping others to, to actually create value in the world and to speak. So that's really like that kind of time period for me was when it formed together. It wasn't just about, I like to speak and be on stage, but it's like, I wanted to speak and be on stage and I wanted to impact people's lives and, and try and offer some, some value value for them. And so my dear high school me Ted talk was basically an open letter to my high school self, kind of like a Katie, (laughs) here's what I want you to know. It's dark right now and you're searching right now and you're not sure what the future holds. But if you hold on to this piece of advice, you know, one of the biggest quotes I think from that was, uh, what is popular is not always what is right. And what is right is not always what is popular. I Um, loved that line. I loved that line. It was so good. I urge yeah. you guys to watch it, but it was, oh my gosh, it, that stuck with me, resonated. Another thing that resonated with me was when you said, start the ripple. Yes, exactly. Like right where you are, wherever you are, like I just, you know, people say it and, and it can sound very cheesy, but I, I thoroughly believe I'm a person of faith. I'm a Christian. I thoroughly mm-hmm. believe that like God has given us all our unique set of experiences and our unique journey for a reason. And if we decide that we're going to own our own story, we can use it as a tool to reach and empower other people. 100%. I could not agree with you more. And I think that is obviously something that with the seed was sown during that time period for you. And what I think a lot of other people can relate to, whether you're younger or older listening to this, the high school experience is so very complex and it's a time when hormones are crazy. You're learning about yourself, you're developing, you're changing in so many ways. But sometimes the people who you see that might be so involved, might be involved in the school, also might be struggling. And it's kind of that constant reminder 
that I hear now in my adulthood is like, check on your strong friends. Because the people who might be so involved might also have a lot of other things that they're not running from, but trying to work through in these passions or in throwing yourself into something. So I think that's so important about what you talked about and kind of related to, you know, you saying that you could have been in a really dark place. So I appreciate you being so honest about that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, you re- you realize once you graduate high school that there's many more challenges that life has in store for you. So many. <laughs> like, buckle up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, I'm glad I found the speaking thing then um, yeah. because it's just, it's continued to be a source. Like any Maya Angelou has such a great quote and she says, oh, love. Right. And I know you're a poet, so I know yeah. you'll appreciate her. <laughs> when you get, give. When you learn, teach. I just live by that. When you yeah. are given privilege of any sort, blessings of any sort, I believe that you have a responsibility to give, give. back. And when you learn something, when you go through a life experience that's hard and challenging and you've learned something through it, you've grown piece of wisdom, I believe that you have a responsibility to share that back. Uh, because when when we share our stories and we share our vulnerabilities and we share like our struggles, um, you know, we give permission for other people to do the same. Um. There's going to be, sometimes I do these podcast interviews and I think I'm like, what is the little nugget that I can take from this to, you know, put the little insert to promote it. And there's going to be, there has already been so many nuggets that you've said that I think are just going to stick and resonate with people and that just kind of in, and empower people and to want to do more in their lives, which kind of segues into kind of how we met in the about girl talk empowerment i was trying to think about like what was the first time i met katie how many years have i known her and i couldn't really put my finger on it but i definitely know it was through your organization girl talk empowerment so can you give a little bit of an overview for that and then i'm gonna like dive into it yeah so um you know, after I graduated university, I continued speaking in university. Mm-hmm. I continued going to schools and talking to uh, young people about leadership and making their mark on the world. And as I was doing that, I noticed that I was having quite the response, a unique response from girls in particular. And it was, you know, I think partially because I'm a female, um, mm-hmm. also partially because I was doing some pageants at that time and they thought my sash was cool. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were a pageant girl. Yes, I had a pageant experience, um, several pageant experiences, but I think my highlights were the local Miss Italia, the local Miss Fiesta, and then I placed uh, top five at Miss World Canada in 2013. Oh, okay. I'm just like learning like all these new things. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So I was, you know, using that as like a platform to, to speak more. And um, the girls would come up to me and I think they really liked the idea of, okay, here's this girl who's like wearing a sash talking about all the things that she was like teased about and, you know, things that she struggled with in terms of self-esteem and body image over the years. And so I just saw this kind of connection. Like the girls would come up to me with like these big, big eyes, like just like looking for a piece of wisdom to hold on to because I know it's hard and it's hard now. It's hard now as, you know, being a grown woman, but it's really hard in those, those formative years of your life where you're trying to figure out like, 
do people like me? You know, if they're into boys, do boys like me? Like, what are all these things? Like, where do I fit in in this space? And so that's where the inspiration came to create a set of programming that was focused on girls and girl empowerment. Because I realized I can't even get these girls to care about what difference they're going to make in the world if they're so caught up in how they look, if they're so caught up in like wanting to fit in and be the most popular person at school, if they're caught up in that, we can't even talk about leadership. So Girl Talk Empowerment was born and it basically, I took my university um, savings. I was honored to have had a scholarship, a full scholarship to university. I was one of TD Canada Trust's um, 20 recipients of their scholarship, which was an honor for community leadership. And I worked worked I was in university and I saved up, uh, you know, a fairly decent amount of money. And I basically took that and invested it all in the first ever Girl Talk Empowerment Day in 2013 at a local church in Oshawa. And I like, I reached out to as many schools as I could and parents as I could and people. And you know what? I believe we had about 700 people um, turn out for that very first event. It was a free event. Oh my um, gosh. And that was like the moment, Taylor. There was one moment in particular, our our, our uh, performer for that year was Susie McNeil. She had done like the Believe, like Olympic yes. theme song. And yeah, that was <laughs> everywhere. That Take Me Places, that song. Um, oh my gosh. You know, when she started singing that, I remember just like the girls all took out their phones and they were waving them. And I just looked over at um, the girl who was like co-producing the event with me and I just started crying. And I was just like, like, this is what I was meant to do. And so since that date in 2013, we've been holding annual Girl Talk Empowerment Days, you know, which grew to be uh, in Toronto at the Metro Toronto Convention Center, over a thousand girls, you know, it ended up becoming a ticketed event. We got on some amazing sponsors over the years and I got a chance to connect with really cool speakers. And you, when I heard about your story... (laughs) I'm always on the lookout for um, people who are doing great things and who I think would really resonate well. And it's important to me. I think a lot of people can say the right things, but it's different when it comes from a place of lived experience. And when it comes from a place of like, I'm not just stuff and fluff, like there's some substance to what I'm saying. And like, you just like radiated substance. And um, yeah, I remember, I believe you spoke at one of our like school chapter events. We ended up, Girl Talk eventually became like a a program of over 50 school chapters in Canada, the U.S., a couple international chapters as well. And I believe you spoke at a school chapter event, like had such a great response there. And then um, we were honored to have you speak at several of our Girl Talk days. And now to even have you on our speakers bureau where we're excited about like helping tell your story in more places yeah that's the journey from where you started to where it is now because like you said I've been very very honored to be along in even a small part the journey and be able to speak at these events which for for me in a personal respect has given me the confidence to go out there and do more or have it as a reference to do other things. So thank you so much for the opportunities you give to people who is not just, because sometimes, you know, when there's events, people only go for the person with like the most clout or someone who has, you know, the biggest following, all these things, or is a celebrity, but you gave me the opportunity to essentially over the years figure out how to be a speaker, to be confident enough to say, I am a motivational speaker through these experiences. So thank you. I had to say that for that. But uh, to see the growth of it as well, um, if the, the events, guys, I can't really 
I don't even know how to put it into words, but the events are so fun. The girls, the girls in schools who get to attend these events, the way that they come together in that moment, I know that they leave there and it's not something that's just a one day thing. The excitement they have, the motivation, and even just the outreach. I still have girls who message me from time to time be like, remember a couple of years ago you came to my school? Like it made a huge difference. And like now I'm like it like starting my high school or I'm in university and I just it sticks with people. And um maybe if you wanted to give people a deeper view into what the a day looks like when we when you put on an event so they just have the full picture because it really is one of those experiences that sticks with you um and i always leave feeling so ramped up to do more just from meeting other people as well yeah there's something about bringing a thousand people together in a room that is electric like it's absolutely electric and then if you tie to that a cause like empowerment it's just next level like i think the girls come dressed up for the most part like spirit colors and they're making signs and they come with their schools and you know they look forward to this throughout the entire school year and then we really try and fill like a power pack day from 9 a.m to 2 p.m of back-to-back speakers and musical performers and it's a mixed mixed bag of guests like we pick people yeah, who are YouTubers and who are influencers and who, you know, have some cloud and celebrity-ism to them in some way because we know that the girls like that, that gets them there and excited, right? But we also fill, um, and, and those people that we pick, by the way, we also pick them because they have a great story and because yeah. they have a great message. That's that's always the key of every guest. And then we pick people who they might not have heard of before, but who have this amazing story and message and are really going to help leave them with a tangible takeaway and something to think about. And it's really important for me that the girls in the audience, like every girl in the audience will see themselves represented in at least one of the speakers on the stage. Like that was so important to me to have like a diverse range of, of women from all different walks of life and all different backgrounds, because um, I wanted every girl to feel like they were included and that they could see hope and possibility for their life. And that's what I I love too, is that the diversity, it's just ingrained into it. It's not one of those things where a lot of times companies, organizations, you can tell diversity is a afterthought or it's like, ooh, let's make this a check mark on our list of things to do. But from the very jump in the people you work with, the people you help organize and even the speakers, it is so clear and has been clear for years that it was just inherent to and important right from the beginning. Um, and I think that is very special because especially being in Toronto, the amount of different cultures we have and diverse backgrounds, it's truly represented on a stage. So again, thank you for that because I know the girls, they their faces, I, I just can't get over their faces. They just truly love what you do and it's something that sticks with them. One of my favorites actually was Oh, her name's escaping me. She was a financial advisor, a speaker. Um Yes. And her and she, I still to this day, I learned so much from her. Like that's something too. Maybe if you can speak to her a little about her a little bit. Um and what she did at the Girl Talk Day that year. Yeah, Melissa Leong's amazing. Love her. Uh, And I just, I wanted again, like I wanted to fill the stage with people who would offer things that 
that I think are important for the girls to hear about. And yes, self-esteem and yes, body image and yes, all those things, but also financial literacy. Like this I is- I learned so-, so much. I can't even tell you. I was sitting on the sidelines, like in the back waiting, waiting to go on. And I'm like, I want to be in the audience right now, just taking notes as an adult. All the organizers are taking notes. All the speakers yeah. are taking notes. We're like, we need to save. Um. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's so important. But it's true. It's absolutely true. Like where else? I know that there's some new um, new movements to, to add financial literacy to uh, the Ontario education plan, yeah. which is great. But so previously, like, where would you get this? And I love that Melissa did a great job of like making it very practical. Mm-hmm. Hey, if I don't get a latte this week, I can use that money and save it up. And if I do that X number of times, look what I can purchase or look how much I can save it. Like it was so relatable to the age group. So fun. And um, yeah, I, I think the girls, it's just getting them to think bigger. Cause right now, you know, when they're in grade seven or when they're in grade 10, it feels like their whole world is within those yeah. four walls. And, you know, what people think of them at that time is the most important thing about them, but really it's not. It's what they're doing, what they're working towards, the trajectory that they're on. Are they constantly working to grow and improve? Like really, I think the goal of education should be to create lifelong learners, like people who constantly want to self-improve and constantly want to grow because you never have that pressure that we all feel from time to time of thinking, I'm not there yet, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not any of these things. And then when you stop and remind yourself, I am always a work in progress. I am always becoming. I am never finished. Then it takes away all of that pressure. And I think that that ties to mental health. It ties to well-being. It ties to so many important messages that um, everyone, but especially our young people, need to hear. Exactly. I love that that sense of continued learning because I know that's definitely been something for me. I think girls think, you know, you go to university, get a job, and that's it. But the fact is you get a job, you continue learning, you keep going, and there's so much, there's so much more. So for the Girl Talk Empowerment Day, it's every single year, but of course, this year has been the most and continues to be the most unpredictable year I think I have ever lived through. And I have lived through some crazy times. We're in the middle of like a civil rights movement. We're um, in the middle of the coronavirus. If you're listening to this. In a future scenario, this is 2020, we're in the July um, of 2020. And of course, with the coronavirus, we can't do what we usually do. But what I've loved is that you took your skills and um, your speaking skills, your bringing people together skills and empowering women to create the Together We Rise podcast, which I think is so cool. But if you can just talk a little bit about what happened with your podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I would never have thought that this is what I would be doing. Um, Oh my God. Because like, honestly, like after the first week of quarantine, I'm like, my businesses are in speaking and events. What the heck am I going to be doing, you know, during this time? Um, Live events for the most part. So, um, basically was sitting at the table <laughs> with my uh, my sister and I just started like brainstorming some ideas like you know what can I do what can I be working on what's a good use of my time and she just was like Katie like you've always wanted to start a show like why don't you do like an Instagram live show it's kind of like it was sort of new at that point like we started to see some accounts going live a bit more but it was just like on the cusp of kind of becoming like this regular thing and so yeah. that's a great idea 
you know, let me reach out. Let me see if I can get a few people who might be interested and we'll go from there. And within like 48 hours, I was able to secure a sponsor, shout out to first session who came on and are a mental health, um, uh, provider that, that connects people with, with the ability to find a therapist online, which is so incredible and so relevant and so needed. And then I was able to book like three weeks worth of guests, you know, daily guests, like Monday to Saturday, all within that quick turnaround time. And I'm like, okay, we got our project. Here we go. And so, uh, over 14 weeks, I had the great privilege of conducting 83 interviews with inspiring women from a wide range of industries and from all walks of life. And, uh, it's been awesome. We took those those live Instagram recordings and have now uh, enhanced them for an audio experience. So the Together We Rise podcast is available and um, we are releasing four episodes a week <laughs> because we got so many batch. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if, if you're not working in a media, social media space, to, to know that number, to, for, I do one a week. One a week. And I can tell you, it takes me so much time to prep for the interview, interview, edit, have it up, and then just like pray to God it all comes together in a week. To be releasing, to be conducting that many interviews in, you said 14 weeks? Yes. 83 interviews? Yes. PD, are you sleeping? I'm, I'm concerned. I honestly <laughs> how, how you feeling? At the beginning, it was really rough. It was like an all-consuming process because oh we were having so many technical glitches with Instagram mm -hmm. and, oh God, like little itty bitty things that should not be a big deal were a big deal. Like, oh my gosh, Instagram live just cut out in the middle of my live. I lost that whole part of the episode to the point where it's like, I had just finished a full episode and Instagram glitched and I lost the recording with a prominent guest. And so we literally right after a half an hour after we went on a private, private Instagram accounts and we re-recorded the whole thing. So wow. it's like, there was always something going wrong that we were constantly like putting out fires. Thankfully I had a co-producer Jessica, cause I could not have done it without her. She would help me with the technical side and we just worked so well together, but it was like an all consuming project that I was like fully into at that time. But now I'm really happy to have like a little pause um, and just get to sit back and celebrate what, what happened because I think people were, you're right, like we're in the middle of COVID-19, we're in the global health pandemic. Um, and then on top of that, we're, we're in a civil rights movement. And, yeah. um, and that, you know, uh, George Floyd and um, his, his killing and, and the news and everything that sparked after that really changed the tone of our conversations on Together We Rise in a very, in a very good way. Like it, it suddenly allowed people to like open up about things that I don't think they would have otherwise. And it allowed us to get like really raw and really vulnerable and, you know, guests of all skin colors were yeah. talking about the subject and what it meant to them and how they were working to do more and do better. And I just feel like we're in the middle of like a big awakening as, uh, as people and as a, a society and as like a generation. And um, my hope is that, and my belief is there will be so much good that comes from what has been a very tumultuous and tragic period of time. I agree. It's been, I think what, you know, I wasn't prepared for when I entered into, no, 
I entered, I say enter like I was um, voluntarily, but going, being thrusted into quarantine and having to navigate living your life in this way, I thought, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hard, but I'll get through it. But then when you add on top of that, everything that happened with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and so many countless other people, it became so, I would go to bed every night feeling so mentally and emotionally exhausted because it was just so many conversations, so many devastations, one after another. And then also, you know, feeling like people for the first time, even though as a Black woman, I'm so used to hearing about these things, having these conversations, but it was shocking to me for the first time seeing how many people didn't know what the Black experience was like, how many people were unsure how to navigate it and how to be an ally. So to you, as being someone who does have a platform, someone who is such a great speaker, how is it for you being outside of the Black community to navigate those conversations? Yeah, that's a really good question because I, like when that, when the news of George Floyd kind of broke and we were, we, we had some, we had some interviews booked that week as well. It, it just like immediately, as I mentioned, like shifted the conversation. It was heavy. Like they were heavy interviews. It was a heavy, we were all feeling it. And I wanted to, I don't know, it, it was a, it was a tricky line to to walk because I wanted to be extremely sensitive to the tone and what was happening um, while also balancing that with like my natural way, which is always to be like, okay, well, what can we do? You know, what can we do? How can we change this? And, um, you know, the first few days of that, after that announcement, there were a few guests where I could feel like it was a bit too sensitive to really get into that action plan. We just kind of needed to process. So I was constantly trying to ensure that I was doing justice to what were the conversations happening and looking for ways that I could add like a positive light in some way or give people some hope or give people something to worry about uh, or work on rather um, in their own personal lives, because that's really how we're going to change. It's every individual deciding we're all going to do the work and we're all going to work on ourselves to, to be um, more aware of what's happening and do our part to, to serve in whatever way that we can. And so I think like, even for me, you know, I had considered myself to be somebody who was an advocate and, you know, was an ally, but I really think that I still, I still have, have, and, um, so much to learn. And, um, I, I really have been moved and touched by the, number of people that I have seen in my feeds and in my channels talking about things that I've never seen them talk about before. And I just think that that's kind of like a marker of uh, a real shift that, uh, that I hope will, will continue. And I think that's why I felt the same way too. I felt, um, because, you know, police brutality, um, Black Lives Matter, it's not new. It's not like a new thing. Uh, Black Lives Matter, the organization itself has been around for many years, but I think what happened um, was having being having everyone for the first time be home, be home and have the opportunity to really watch and to see when having your time feed be taken over, you can't help but at some point tap into the conversation and to see other people like yourself and 
just countless people I know too, using their platforms to amplify other people's voices and other people's stories has been very imperative to making sure that this isn't something that fades away. I think it's a very rare opportunity we have right now to have uncomfortable conversations because, you know, when you are in the space and even for me, I try to keep my podcast as light as possible for the most part, just kind of keep it on like the happy-go-lucky, like, you know, empowerment and you want to be like, you know, good, but to be able to have that spin. And I think that's something you've been able to do so well. Um, and I wanted to know, like from your audience, what is like the response been having to navigate those waters? Yeah, I I was really, really happy when guests that I had on the show would reach out to me after the interview, like thanking me. Because yeah. I think some of the guests that I had were nervous to have these conversations just for the fear of they wanted to be sensitive and they wanted to present their thoughts in the right way. And it, it could feel like intimidating. And I think there was like, there was a time where perhaps... Um, there was a lot of like calling out and um, and that was like really apparent on social media. And I think that made some people, particularly white people, like a little bit nervous to speak about the issue. So I think what for me felt like a really positive response was when, you know, those, those guests would come off the show and say, I'm so thankful that we got to talk about the issue and I was able to say how I felt and I was able to say what I'm working on and all this sort of stuff. And it felt very comfortable. Um, so I love that. I also loved that people who were listening and watching the lives were so grateful that we were spending a significant amount of time talking about race and about uh, anti-racism work and education. And we were talking about the impact that this time was having on people. Um, so you know, like I said, there was like this kind of like marker between what the interviews were like, and they were still great, you know, pre um, George Floyd. Mm -hmm. But after that announcement, just the tone, the conversation, I think the places where the guests were willing to go and were willing to share and were willing to talk about um, mm -hmm. was completely different. I agree. I agree. And again, just to if you get the opportunity, please go watch some, um, all of, of the interviews, um, because the way that Katie is able to navigate a conversation um, is very unique. And there's a lot of people who try to do what you do, but I think that you, like you said, you have this very special gift at it. And um, I urge you as a listener to go watch some of them. Um, obviously um, right now. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Obviously, right now, uh, like I said before, we're still in Corona, but things are kind of changing a little bit. Things are opening up a little bit at a time. Uh, so to round out this very special podcast, I just wanted to know what is next for Katie? What can people expect to see from you and all the content and good that you have going on right now? Well, we, um, we considered this to be season one of Together We Rise. So <laughs> with <laughs> I love that. 
I don't see us going into daily lives again, because um, that was a moment and that was a great moment. But um, I do see us picking back up in the fall and perhaps doing Instagram lives, maybe a couple days a week for a period of time to record our next batch of great interviews and moving forward. Um, also, Girl Talk has shifted and and pre-COVID, we were in the middle of that transformation. We haven't fully made the announcement and launch yet, but um, essentially we have made the public announcement that our Girl Talk Day event, our Girl Talk chapters at this time, we are completely letting go of. And it was a hard decision to make. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been doing this since 2013. And I've been, you know, along for quite the journey with so many amazing girls and teachers, uh, but it was the right thing to do. We needed to make a pivot and we needed to make a shift and uh, our audience has grown up in many ways. And we really wanted to focus on how can we serve um, females and help tell their stories and help get them to speak on stages across the world. And so there's been a real shift. We were kind of doing a bureau, you know, very well, Taylor, you've been part of our Girl Talk Speakers Bureau for the past few years, which has kind of been in the background. But now we're really making like a pivot to put this uh, front and center, which I'm incredibly excited about. And to tie to, thank you for the shout out for Together We Rise and for that really kind uh, note about um, about my interviewing. It means yeah. a lot. Like that's it's like the greatest. Sincere. Like I'm not single such friend. I'm not just like, it. it resonates. It sticks with you. I've had the opportunity to watch quite a few of them and uh, it, it sticks with you. Oh, that, that, that's the best compliment that like I could get when it comes to, when it comes to hosting that. And I wanted to say that if uh, listeners were looking for which episode to start with, cause there's, there's 83. There's um, I really, <laughs> I really recommend listening to the episode with uh, Rachel Lindsay. Um, who is the the first female um, black bachelorette and <laughs> she came on in the last few weeks of our together we rise conversations post George Floyd um, and she was she was just great like she really had so much wisdom to share even about things that you wouldn't think about you know i'd ask her how would her experience be different if she was on the bachelorette today mm -hmm. um as opposed to when she was on a few years ago and um she just talked about like how even the way her hair is styled like uh -huh. she would she would do it differently now like it, and so many things that she experienced being a black woman um and and being cast in a role that's always been white and always been very sort of one type what? person yeah and and just like she broke down so many barriers with that and and she's such a smart girl like she's a lawyer she's she's got her blog she's doing amazing things so anyway i really felt like she had a lot of great wisdom to share it was a real uh, privilege to interview her so i recommend um maybe starting with that episode what i'll do is actually maybe is that when like is the so the podcast is it where can people find the podcast so we're we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're kind of in all the places. Um, yeah. So I will link that specific one there. Obviously, subscribe to the entire thing, but I'll link that specific podcast to start with below. Um, but for anyone who's looking to find you on social media beyond the podcast, or what are your social handles so everyone can find you? Absolutely. So you can find me at Katie Zeppieri, Z E P P 
I E R I. <laughs> you know, type Katie's vet that usually brings you in the right direction. Um, and right now, our channel um, for Girl Talk is Girl Talk Empowerment, but it will slowly be transforming to Girl Talk Speakers over the next few weeks. I'm really looking forward to that. And as always, you can always find me on Instagram at Taylor LN, and all of my other social platforms will be linked below. So thank you, Katie, for this incredible talk. I feel like I said there's so many nuggets I'm going to have. Like, I'm so excited to be able to filter through and pick a great one. But I just wanted to thank you for your time. Thank you for what you're doing for girls and what you've done for me. It's been imperative to my growth not only as a woman, but as a speaker. And I'm excited for this pivot and next chapter for Girl Talk Speakers. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited for you. So Taylor, you. I'm, I'm grateful for you. And thank you for shining your light and giving me this space to kind of have this conversation with you. It was such a feel-good conversation. Yeah. And I'm continually inspired by you and what you're building. I got to try some of your tea, your tea yes. business <laughs> taking off. Yeah. Um, so well deserved. And I know that this is like just the beginning of, of so many more accolades to, to come your way. Thank you, Katie. And thank you guys for taking your time out of your week to listen to my podcast, Tea Time with Tay. And I will see you guys on the next one. Until then, stay healthy and stay safe. Bye. Once again, thank you so much for listening. This episode was brought to you by my company, Cup of Tay Luxury Loose Leaf Teas. It is the most amazing, delicious organic teas on the market. We have green teas, black teas, white teas, dessert teas, everything that you could want in one place. Head over to cupoftay.com, that's C-U-P-O-F-T-E dot com, or at Cup of Tay Shop on Instagram and all other social media handles. The link is also in the description. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Let's go.